0: Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast, number one for sport in West Cork. Close your eyes and pull like a dog. And a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. No feeling can wait,
1: no more. And now he urges Bumain to go and try and steal the deal in the champion world. Christy Coney hands over the Salma Cup. To Graham County, Cork All-Ireland Champions for
2: the 7th time ever! Hello and welcome to episode 34 of the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarron of the Southern Star and I'm joined as always by Star Sport Editor Kieran McCarty. Following a weekend when Irish tears flowed in Shizuoka, newspaper headlines read Schmidt Happens on Sunday morning and the entire nation wondered why Johnny Sexton was watching from the stands, we'll be switching our focus to the lo- local rugby scene following wins for Skibbereen and Clonakilty in the Munster Junior League last weekend.
3: We'll also chat to Cork Ladies football manager Brian McCarthy ahead of Saturday's county final clash with six in a row chasing Mournabie at
2: CIT. And as I mentioned, we're going to kick off today's show with the oval ball. And in a few minutes, we'll chat to Skibbereen coach Dennis McCarthy following their season opener on Sunday. But Kieran, we have to start with Ireland's loss to Japan on Saturday morning at the Rugby World Cup. Firstly... Did you watch the game?
3: Yeah, I watched it, yeah. And I thought the first 20 minutes were actually quite encouraging. You know, Ireland ran in those two tries. And I know people are said after that they look like fortunate tries, but they weren't. I thought they were really well-worked tries. And I thought Ireland were playing some good rugby in, in those first 20 minutes. But then the fields really seemed to fall off the wagon. there, kind of, um, I know people are saying they kind of turned in that scrum jack. You know, just before halftime, Japan won the scrum and the Ireland gave away a penalty. You could see Japan really celebrating that. And maybe there was a switch in, in momentum there. But Ireland never got going after the first quarter. It was them; um, they were outplayed. They were outmuscled, outfought, outtaught. It was it was pretty depressing
2: by the end, I'll be honest with you. Uh, the pre match handicap spread was twenty one points. Mm-hmm. So that really tells you what the what the predictions were going into this game. Like Ireland were factored to be twenty one points better than Japan. And so that's like an extremely large margin like That's kind of like a Ireland versus San Marino If it was soccer There might be a 5 or 6 goal spread That's how bad Japan were considered Now I know Japan aren't actually mm. A 21 point worse off team But before the game That's what we were saying And the way the Irish fans And I include, I include myself in that mm. And the pundits And the way people spoke Following their win Over Scotland last week There was an element of Ireland might win this World Cup. I think we got a bit carried away, now. <laughs> I <all> kind of, and was to
3: give the hindsight No, but it looks like kind of.
2: But I, I did yeah. hear some some people who I would respect their rugby opinions did say, let's take a second here. Mm-hmm. Scotland are sh1t, yeah, and we just beat them. But don't get too carried away. The Japanese in their home turf are going to be a tougher proposition. But still, they were six to one underdog. The Japanese six to one. Yeah. So can you and can you imagine? we we'll just just uh, use the Irish soccer team as a comparison for the for the sake of argument. Can you imagine, at the Soccer World Cup, mm-hmm. if the Irish soccer team were going into a game against Jesus. a 6-1 to one yeah. underdog? So say, uh, if we go back to the 2002 World Cup, Saudi Arabia were probably mm. in the realm of a 6-1 to one underdog. Ireland managed to beat them 3-0 on that occasion. But can you imagine the outcrying the out of anger if the Irish soccer team lost to a team like Saudi Arabia... At the World Cup There'd be probably a public inquest They wouldn't be left home The t shock may resign mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> With some of the reaction I've seen around The Irish rugby team losing is The referee wasn't on our side The you, conditions you were you tough The humidity and so on yeah. Jesus
3: I think it should, Excuse- be call, it
2: should be called out for what it is You know, An absolute disgrace I thought it a disgrace of a performance like,
3: I know what I said like, It's tier 1 against tier 2 and all that But, like, Ireland should beat Japan 10 out of 10 times. It's not 9 out of 10 times. Like, this is the same Japan that struggled against Russia, you know, to be quite honest. I know people are saying now, oh, Japan had their eye in the Ireland game all along. But that's nonsense, like, you know, kind of, it's, you you can't break it down like that, kind of. um, Ireland should have beaten Japan. There's no excuses. They just just were second best in too many areas. Um, For 60 minutes, they were played off the park by Japan. Like, Lee Chu came on there, he's the, I think, is he thirty eight. 37, 38 Yeah Like He, he dominated He dominated the game You know I, 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 against, against Ireland The kind of It's just Japan were are just we're, To be quite honest They were too good for Ireland Ireland looked pretty Pretty poor You know Kind of and you know what that maybe that Scotland so game is an exception to the rule because if you look at the form so far this year with the defeats like in the Six Nations to England and Wales and then that hockey in Ireland got against in Twickenham a couple of weeks ago maybe that's truer form yeah. that we should have been looking at maybe like you said there Scotland aren't the greatest team in the world though they have bounced back to beat Samoa 34-0 mm-hmm. with a bonus point win which in, in a way could help Ireland I think now because the last group game will be Ireland will be um, Scotland against Japan and you're hoping Ireland will beat Russia and Samoa. They should. Yeah. They should. Well, I wouldn't count on anything. They should. Well, yeah. But then it comes down to that. If Ireland can get two big bonus fight wins there. And if it comes down to that Scotland and Japan game, which is on, this, which is on this Sunday, the day after Ireland plays Samoa. And if Scotland win that, maybe there's a chance Ireland could still top the group and get the box,
2: you know. but You're taken... talking again now like the way Irish fans are talking after the Scotland game. Oh, I know, you're yeah. Glass half full. I'm generally a glass half full person myself, but... Based on Saturday's performance, I can only look pessimistically on it. And I just wanted to say, like, there's a reason bookmakers—you never see a bookmaker cycling a bicycle; they're usually driving big fancy mm-hmm. cars. It's because generally they get their predictions right. So for them to have Japan as six-to-one underdogs and mm-hmm. twenty-one point underdogs, like there's a reason for that. It's because Ireland mm-hmm. probably are, should should be winning that game comfortably. I think what we know as well, Jack. Ireland would become coming home after
3: the quarterfinals if we get that far. Kind of this Irish team. And what we've seen so far, and judging by their last game, which is probably, uh, I suppose, as, as close an indicator as we have at the moment, there's not a hope that they could beat New Zealand or or the Springboks. Maybe this excerpt now will be played back in a couple of weeks' time without an egg in my face. But after hopefully, what, hopefully, hopefully. Hopefully, hopefully, after, after what we saw. I know we'll get Johnny Sexton back, but will one man make such a huge difference? Because Well, were- the
2: way I heard people talking about on the radio yesterday, um, the likes of... Malcolm O'Kelly was on even Brian O'Driscoll the, like, these kind of like uh, vaunted figures mm-hmm. they actually do think that Johnny Sexton can make that much of a difference just be the way he carries himself on the field so if he is fighting fit Hopefully, yeah. touch wood <laughs> they said he was fit for the Japan game but they rest him for some strange reason but just uh, before we move on from this just uh, West Cork resident writing in yesterday's Sunday Independent Eamon Sweeney mm-hmm. I thought I had a few funny lines describing Ireland's performance so he was skating in his analysis We we might Seem like we're being harsh, but if you want some skating analysis, read Eamon Sweeney. But he described the look on Joe Schmidt's face when it looked all but over. Of the look of a man who had just found out that his Anglo shares weren't weren't what he thought they were in the days following the global recession of uh, of a decade ago. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's the kind of uh, look Joe had on his face. So I wonder how he's feeling now two days later. But anyway, um, we'll leave... The Irish Shizuoka massacre there for now. The
3: Shizuoka's stunner. The Shizuoka, Shizuoka Shock. Yeah. The
2: the the, the Shaka in Shizoka. Ah there Sh- we go. Yeah, that's
3: the one. That's let's go to stick that one.
2: <laughs> well actually just while we're on little headlines, I thought yeah. I, I, I stole one there from Sunday Independent. Or was it the Sunday Times anyway? Schmidt happens. Was yeah. That was the Sun actually. And then the oh, other clever. the other good one I heard was Schmidt Hits Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Very which I liked, good. Possibly from the sun as well So big shout out to the sun Sub-editors uh, Anyway we'll leave that there As I mentioned And we're going to talk To Dennis McCarthy now Skibbereen Rugby Club Got their season Off To a winning start On Sunday With a hard fought 1918 win Over St. Sennans In the Munster Junior League Division 1 And earlier today He spoke To Kieran.
3: Uh, we're delighted to be joined by Skid Rugby coach Dennis McCarthy. Um Dennis, you got off the good start in the Munster Junior League Division One on Sunday, a home win against St. Silence. Can you tell us a small bit about it? Uh
4: yeah, no, it was um a, a good win. Um good uh, good way to start the season and um you know, the the, the home record is, is very important to us. So good to start like that. They were um they were a big big physical team, so they they um Pose a, a big challenge, but then um, we we you know have a fairly quick lively team, so we uh, we went out in the end, uh, scoring the last few minutes to, to turn it in our favour. So a good start.
3: Oh, great stuff. Um, you're going to mention there the kind of home form. I suppose how important was it to kind of kick off the season with a home win, and how important Dennis is 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 that home form for the season because you really want to make that home advantage count.
4: Yeah, uh, very important. Um, we kind of we'd be very proud of our home farm every season, um, and you know we're we're a long way from a lot of teams, so we have to use that to our advantage. And um, if you can win your home game, then it 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 kind of sets you up well for the season. Um, and it's trying to get that consistency then in in in, in the way farm to you know if you if you're safe in the knowledge that you're going well at home. It, 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 you can push on then with the with the away games and try and you know build up the points.
3: What is the kind get of hoping
4: and, and try and get up the
3: table? Oh, sorry, Dennis, I was sorry. going to say, what is the kind of target for the season ahead? Because Skip finished 8 in Division One last year, and are you looking to kind of kind of break that ceiling and kind of head towards the top four?
4: Yeah, I suppose we've we've progressed fairly consistently um, in the last uh, three years. So we would have been. Um, struggling maybe three, four years ago fighting relegation Um, and last year like I said we finished in eighth kind of fairly safely safely mid-table we we had a good start to the season and and then you know I suppose the the tables didn't lie we were a bit inconsistent Um, so for this year we'll be hoping to push on again and try and challenge for the top four and and maybe try and get into the All-Ireland Cup for next year um, you know that, that's 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 our target, and and you know you know it, it, if you're up in that top four and things are going well, you never know where to take it.
3: Um, last season with the under-18s, a fantastic win in the All Ireland um, title. Is there many of those lads involved this year? Than this?
4: Yeah, yeah, we're bringing those lads through. Um, we had uh, four of that team uh, made their game this weekend, um it's like their league debut this weekend, um, and there was another one who played in the county cup on the, the week before. So like a, a third of the well a quarter of the squad we'll say, um which which is a nice um a nice number. Um and there's another there's another one or two that are still you know, we hope to get in as the season goes on, just they're still looking, and J and stuff like that. Um, so that's you know, the plan is to try and hold on to those fellas and bring them through. Um, and uh, you know, the 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 the, the elite players then, like Jamie Shannon, has gone gone on to um, he's playing with Bowles and he told out with Monterey, um, for the last two weeks. So, you know, you, you'd love to hold these fellas, but you can't hold them back. So, that's the luck to him as well.
3: How important is it for these young fellas to come through? You kind of, I suppose, you always need like that conveyor belt of talent, you know, and Skib has, has been. So over the last couple of years, even going to Gavin and Liam Coombs are now both in at Munster and, and Dave McCarthy obviously was in Munster for a while as well and you mentioned Jamie there kind of, there's a strong conveyor belt of talent coming through Skip, so how important is it that these young fellas after under-18s do kind of progress yeah. on to the junior team? Yeah,
4: uh, hugely important. I mean that's the, the lifeblood of the team and um, we're you know, we're not close to a major urban centre so we're not going to be picking up fellas from from other clubs so we really have to have to try and hold on to our own um, and, and, and bring them through and keep them interested and it, it's a it's, um, it's a phenomenon across all clubs is particip- participation rates and you know participation rates dropping off after under-rating but um, I think we've a good club it's an enjoyable um, it's, an, it's a good level of rugby it's, it's enjoyable to play um, and anyone that does you know you know, show up initially. They generally seem to stay involved. Like even if they're not, like there is a step from underage up to up to adult rugby, and mm-hmm. um, so some players have the ability to do that straight away. Others may take a, a little bit of time, but if they stay involved and they stay in touch, um, they'll they'll all get there. Um, you know, and there's nothing beats, you know, uh, there's nothing beats playing and winning with your friends, you know. And uh,
3: um,
4: we had, yeah, sorry, we had a uh, I think at pretty much every level last year, Steve Green representation from under-16 development squad, Munster under-18, Munster under-19, uh, Munster A, Munster Senior, and the girls as well, of course. We were well represented in the, the Munster under-18 girls, and just short, maybe Munster Senior for the girls, but uh, that'll come in time too, of no doubt.
3: Um, just and just on the juniors, like, and how important too? Then is the continuity uh, even in, in in the coach and the management team? Like you're 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 in charge again this year. Mike Callan is still involved. Mike Limerick's still involved. Kieran Howrehan, kind of that continuity is very important, isn't it too? To kind of to help, I suppose, help the team progress.
4: Yeah, that's that's huge. I mean, it's it's a volunteer organisation at the end of the day, so everyone you know everyone's given their time. Everyone's given their time from the the, the minis coaches, under eights, under tens. Um, you know, it all it, it all makes a contribution, and I think when you see when you see the success of the likes of Liam and Gavin, you know, uh, um, Gavin now on a professional contract, and you know, it's it's his making a career of it, and Liam hopefully following in his footsteps. And um, everyone from bottom up can take everyone in the club from bottom up can take can take pride in that. Um, and from a junior point of view, that continuity is important. Just that we would, you know, I would attend some of the underage matches when I can, and mm-hmm. um, that we would know the players that are coming through, and um, that they would know us as well. That they're not, it's not an intimidating place to come when they finish with underage rugby to come up to the juniors. And um, the underage teams train on a Wednesday night earlier, they start a bit earlier than us, but we'd often, you know, include them in games of touch rugby and stuff like that. And it just, again, that breaks down that barrier that there's no. Um, they're not shy, you know. They don't have to be shy. They kind of know fellas names before they're even involved, and I think that's very important.
3: And it, these are very good times for for the club. Like you, you touched on it there too, Dennis, when you mentioned about, I suppose there were seven or eight girls involved in the Munster under eighteen girls team that won into pros. Or only go back earlier in the year. Munster, um, the, the Munster Leinster interpro junior game was held in Gibbereen, 2018's won the All-Ireland yep. last year, kind of, like we said, Gavin, and Dave, and all these. So, like, the club is, and, and as well as that, there is a kind of the redevelopment at the moment, the kind of the, the dressing rooms and all being um, set to be built. So, it, it is, it, it's a club kind of very much on the front foot too.
4: Yeah, it is, absolutely. And I mean, that's the, that's kind of, a, in, in a broader context, that's the, the picture for Munster, is that they want uh, a pathway for, players from every club and they've, they've started looking outside now and um, you know the traditional powerhouses in, in, around Cork City and the schools and stuff like that and Munster are seeing the benefits of it I think with <clears throat> with, um, with their own friends Feline and Darren Sweetham and, and guys from Tipperary as well um, that the the club being strong and you know clubs like Skibbereen being in a good position it can only help in the long term with Munster because um you know, Munster isn't an organisation that can necessarily go out and purchase uh, success. So they need clubs like Scobrine feeding through these players at every level. And, you know, the, the best will make it through. But, you know, it's still very, um very proud thing for the underage players to, to be able to say to have a jersey and to be able to say they, they represented Munster and also the Munster Juniors, the, the three lads we had involved last year mm. in the squad, you know. Um, that's, that's a big deal for them and that's you know that's that's a huge success for them at the end of the season to say that they're good enough to, to represent Monster Jr.
3: Turning our attention towards this Sunday, you're uh skipping to Newcastle West in division one. What sort of test are you expecting up there?
4: Uh it'll be tough. It'll be tough. Um, Newcastle West they they've been up in the league um, in division one for the last, I don't know, ten years and you know, last year they were they were pushing a lot of the way um, they are always a, a fierce challenge home or away um, they generally have a, a good pack they have a very good backline um, you know it's, it's it'll be a big challenge for us um, but I would be hopeful that we will we, we'll roll through it. Um, it I suppose in, in, in junior rugby it can be hard to, to plan too much for your next opposition because it can change the, the, the player profile can change from year to year with with players, you know, moving on and players coming in and out and retirement and stuff like that. But um, I would expect, and they, they had a good win down across Haven last week, so I expect the first challenge up there this weekend. But hopefully, we we we'll, we'll rise to us and hopefully come out the right side of it.
3: How do you gauge the strength of of Division One this year? Even going back to last weekend, like Kenna who just come up from Division Two, beat Bend and who've been there, thereabouts in the business for the last couple of years. That was probably a surprise result. We've and back down as well. So, what do you think of the? I suppose, who will be the teams to watch and kind of the quality and strength of Division 1 this year, Dennis?
4: Yeah, I think it will be one of the most uh, even um, leagues for a long time. Um, I think most teams are capable of beating any other team on, on, a, on a given day. Um, Mallow had a bonus point win last week as well. Mm-hmm. They're only up from Division 2. Um, and with Clonnell, who would have been fairly consistent in, in, in winning games and winning Junior cups and you know they, they were an extremely good side. <clears throat> They're going up senior now, so I think a lot of the clubs that would have been on their courtill see an opportunity now maybe to to step into that void. And um, but I could see <clears throat> I could see that uh, come the end of the season there wouldn't be a huge amount covering the 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 from bottom to top. I think it'll be very very even. It'll be very very keenly fought season, and I would think that from top four, you know, from the eventual champions, top four and relegation, that it, each of those sections could go down to the last game of the
3: season. And while I have you on Dennis, I have to ask you about the Rugby World Cup, obviously there's rugby morning, well, mostly morning and noon at the moment with, the, with all the group games going on, kind of Ireland's shock loss against Japan last again, weekend, fierce, disappointing. Do you think Ireland can bounce back from that and what you see is how far can Ireland go in, 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 in the World Cup? Will it be another kind of quarterfinal exit, you think, or can we can can we rebound from 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 this setback?
4: Yeah, um, I um you hope they will rebound. I mean, um, I thought the, one of the most interesting comments was the Japanese coach saying that you know uh, Japan have had a year to prepare for for their group games, whereas Ireland had six days for Japan realistically, and um, so they they had our number. They they mm. they have been playing, <clears throat> they've been training to have a ball in play uh, for fifty-five minutes, I think, whereas the average in an international game something like forty seven or eight minutes so there. and they were used to playing in those conditions. So they, they and and they had Ireland's and um, Ireland's tactics and Ireland's game plan kind of they had it off by heart, you know. So credit to them. A lot of people I've been mean, critical of Ireland. I think you have to you have to credit Japan like they were excellent. They're they're a great team to watch. <clears throat> and like I said, they had their homework and their prep done. I don't think it's the end of the road for Ireland. We're still in a very strong position to to progress um, they'll need they'll need to win their, their last two games with a bonus point to be sure of it but um, I think they will still go to the quarter-final uh, probably facing the All Blacks um, and I suppose if, if if you want to win a World Cup or that's what they're talking about you you got to beat the best um, will they beat the All Blacks I don't know um, I think I think England and Japan have given the rest of the world a bit of a blueprint to how you can get at Ireland mm-hmm. um, but you would hope that maybe that Joe Schmidt has something up his sleeve for, for the latter stages that he's trying to keep his, his powder dry for the group um, and that back for it and what this is again but you'd hope that Ireland aren't as limited as they appeared on, on Saturday morning because they, they they appeared to be you know plan A and that was it and when that wasn't worked then we just keep trying plan A <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and it's just it
3: just didn't work. As not as a, as a coach yourself, Dennis, how important like you said, if plan A doesn't work, how important is it to have, have a plan B that you can call on? Like a kind of you going kind to of need something up your sleeve like
4: Sorry, I did I didn't get
3: all that. Oh sorry, I, w- I was saying about um how important is it to have, like when you have a plan A, but how important is it too to have a plan B up your sleeve if plan A doesn't work? You know, coming from a from a coaching perspective um like your own. Oh yeah,
4: yeah. I mean you you from my point of view you have to because um you know, uh, you obviously I would have a philosophy, and, and you build that philosophy around the players you have available here. And um, I think, for firstly, we say we, we try and play quite open rugby. And um, it's enjoyable to play, and it's enjoyable to watch. But you have to, you have to have different options. I mean, if 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 you keep, we we just say Ireland have have one out runners. If you keep going at that, and they're getting chopped every time, you've got to you've got to use that, then turn that to your advantage, and say. Okay, the opposition are going to be expecting us to do this, so we do something else, um, maybe a sleight of hand or, or, or a, a, a trick play or something. That you know, if they get so focused on thinking they know what you're going to do, use that to your advantage then and bring in bring in another option. Whether that be, I don't know. There's lots of things you can do, but um, I, I would think a plan B. Well, you shouldn't totally change your game plan but you should have different options available available to you and to the players that they can implement during the game and that they're confident enough to to make those decisions during the game and and change it up if they see because um, as a coach it's very hard you know you you can't directly influence the game once it's on so it has to come through the players they have to recognise okay, this isn't working but we've trained at this and we've also done B so let's try B now
3: Brilliant, brilliant, Denis Thank you so much for that great insight, and best luck against Newcastle West on Sunday.
0: Thanks for listening to the Star Sport podcast, the only podcast dedicated to all things sport in West Cork. Don't forget to pick up this Thursday's Southern Star newspaper, including our award-winning sports section with everything a West Cork sports fan could want. In shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world via www.southernstar.ie forward slash e The Southern Star and the Star Sport podcast. Number one for Sport in West Cork.
2: On Saturday evening at quarter past five at CIT to West Cork, ladies, return to county final action as they bid to stop Mourne Abbey landing their sixth county final in a row in a repeat of last year's final. We're going to hear from West Cork manager Brian McCarty shortly but before we do I'd just like to get your thoughts on the game Kieran. Can you see a way for the West Cork ladies to overturn the legendary Mourne Abbey side?
3: I think they can Jack yeah I think West Cork have a, have a very good chance to be quite honest with you. Um, like we said Mourne Abbey are going for the sixth in a row like in they're not only really Cork champions, but the Munster and All-Ireland champions too. So they are the best the best um, team in the country. We're talking to Shane Ranaen this week. He's the Mourne Abbey manager. He said that he doesn't think that Mourne Abbey will get a tougher test all season long than, than, than West Cork. That's how highly he rates this West Cork team. Um, this West Cork team, obviously, have, they've have 9 or 10 Cork seniors or Cork senior panellists in, in their line So they're a pretty strong team. But it is a divisional side in West Cork against a club team like Mourne Abbey. So... The club team always has an advantage there. No matter what Mornaby might say about West Cork's pick, and they do have a big pick, you still can't kind of substitute. You know, when the club team is together, like for years and years, like they've grown up knowing each other. They've won big games. They've lost big games. They know each other inside out. So that does count for something. And we saw that last year when Mornaby won the replay after they drew the original game with West Cork. So back to your first question, Jack. Can I see the way that West Cork will win? yet? Yeah, I can, yeah. Anya Terry O'Sullivan is flying at the moment, um, she got 2-7 in the semi-final there against Aero Og last week, and she's been shooting the lights out all season long, Two ten against St. Val's in the opening game, she got 6 points against Aero Og in the group stage, so she really is on fire, um, what West Cork will need though, they need a lot more from the forwards around her, I don't think you can rely too much on Anya Terry because Mornaby will have a plan to stop her, so... The, the the likes of um, Libby Coppinger, Fiona Keating, Dara Hailey, Emer Kiley, Claire O'Leary, um, these players, they'll all have to chip in with scores. Neve Cotter as well. She's a, she's a big player for West Cork. Um this West Cork team is strong from back to front, like for Martino O'Brien, the Cork goalkeeper, right up to Fiona Keating a corner forward, like you've inter-county experience there. So um yeah, they they have a have a really good chance. And I think I think too, Jack, the fact that West Cork lost last year's county final, like they have to remember the hurt, you know, the hurt and pain of that, um, and use that as some sort of motivator for for um, for Saturday, evening up in CIT, because Munavy, like we said, they're they're the best team in the country, and they're stronger than they were last stronger this year than they are last year with the addition of Noel Healy, the the three-time all-star from Dublin. So um, West Cork really need to bring their A game. Can they do it? Yeah, I, re- I really think they can and I hope they can too because we've spoken here before about how important this team is to ladies football in West Cork. You know, it's a, it gives um, players from junior and intermediate clubs a chance to play senior football and put themselves in the shop window for, for the Cork senior panels. So um, it'll be a huge boost to ladies football in West Cork. And just
2: on, on, on ladies football, before we move on to the mm-hmm. interview, just something that crossed my mind as you were talking there. I've seen some... Messages on Twitter last night and this morning that Efi Fitzgerald yeah. may be returning mm-hmm. to the role after he'd announced he was stepping away. Do you have any update on that?
3: No, that's the, well the, the kind of latest at the moment is that the, the players went back to Efi and they just kind of if they're trying to persuade him to come back and it seems like he's very open to it, which is um which is interesting because there's only last month he, he walked away from the job, you know, kind of so if, if if he comes back and I think we're close enough, the same management team, maybe without James Masters, um it's probably good news for, for Cork football again well it is good news for Cork football because you'll have that continuity then you've, you've a man who's been there for the last four or five years who won an Ireland bet with him in 2016 he knows his players inside out he knows that they're not too far away from an Ireland they lost the semi-final to Dublin this year so it could be good news yeah good news for, for Cork ladies football again um, when I was talking to Shane Ronay last week I just asked him about uh, when the job was vacant and he, he turned up on the Cork county board he said, um, and he was already putting plans to together for Tipperary next year. So um, looks like he's coming back, and that, that's that's good news for, for Cork ladies football. And if he's coming back, I, I expect him to be at CIT on Saturday evening to watch this because between West Cork and Moorne Abbey, you would probably have fifteen, sixteen, seventeen Cork senior footballers there, like which is phenomenal, like you know, kind of. Um, so it's going to be a. It's it's a, it's a big game, big game for West Cork. And we caught up with their manager, Brian McCarthy to get his thoughts on the clash with Mourne Abbey. We're joined on the Star Sport podcast on a very important week by West Cork ladies manager, Brian McCarthy head of the county final this Saturday evening in CIT at 5pm. Cutting straight to it, Brian. Um, talking to Mourne Abbey manager, Shane Ronayne, and he said that the West Cork team is better this year than it was last year, and that he expects West Cork to give them their toughest game of the year in any competition, that's County Munster and hopefully Mourne Abbey um, All Ireland. So,
1: what are your thoughts on that one? Um, thanks, Kieran, for having us. Um, obviously, I respect Shane Runnion and mm. uh, for what he's done for Mourne Abbey and also for his career in in ladies football. Um, it's very decorated. So, in fairness, we'd have to respect his decision or his um, opinion. Yeah. Um, I would say that on paper. Mm-hmm. No, with respect to the girls who appeared last year, we seem to be stronger. Um, I would argue the case that Shane is sort of deflecting away from his own team in terms of Moran Abbey, are actually stronger this year as well. Yeah, I think the transfer of Noel Healy mm-hmm. to Moran Abbey look, is a huge asset uh, to any team. And At the end of the day, we all know what happened in the replay, Moran Abbey outplayed us they put up performance on the day and mm-hmm. um, so to me they're raging hot favourites going into this title um, decider on Saturday um, without a doubt um, I think we all know the advantages of a club versus a division and they maximised that last year I think Mourne with the likes of Kira Breed um, Roisin Duran, Laura Fitz Ellie Jack Mara, Kellen, yes. Kellan like, there's a list of Inter-county players At either minor Or senior level So look It's It's 50-50 on the day We respect more Abbey We've always had We would like to think That More Abbey respect What we've done mm-hmm. To try to challenge them I think at the end of the day Maybe last year's game In the county final uh, First one Actually brought More Abbey on Quite a bit It's probably the hardest game Throughout the All-Ireland series And uh, we know that Going up the next day We're in for a ferocious battle but we're looking forward to it because we know that um, we have girls who will be able to challenge Morne And that's what we're there for.
3: Last year, I suppose, West Cork obviously got to the county final for the first time. Um, Through the first game, one ten apiece, and Morne won the replay. You were the only team that kind of took Morne Abbey to, to a replay last year. Kind of shows the strength of this West Cork team. But it's always come back to, to, to Shane's point. That you kind of kind of touched it there. West Cork do seem stronger this year, Brian. I suppose. Look at, look at the two Coydies, Emer and Dara. They, they have a season of Intercounty, County senior under their belt. Laura Mahoney from Skibbereen played a good bit for Cork in the league. Um, even if you've caught her back for the full season this year, she only came back from Canada last year. Um, the Bantry girls are obviously in there. You have a double All Star in Emma's plan. Um, so it's quite a strong squad you have there this year.
1: It's a great squad I think um, you've name named the girls that are there as well and look there we say the decorated girls mm-hmm. I suppose we have a lot of new girls who have come in this year from other clubs like Tiger the Corrig and a couple of more from St Columns mm-hmm. and, and you have all, other girls from uh, Bear as well who weren't involved in the squad in previous years and I suppose look at the end of the day you look at the final from last year we're missing Morrow Brian we're missing Anya Hayes mm-hmm. and that experience alone of those two girls alone is huge huge loss mm-hmm. so we've had to do a bit of rebuilding this year Yeah, um, we've looked at it we've asked girls to play slightly, slightly different positions this year and to slightly experiment with them mm-hmm. in terms of tactics in terms of different positions but yet always trying to be on the front, fo- front foot um, it's worked so far mm-hmm. um, I still go back to more navy, I still think um, as much as our girls are really good we just need our girls to perform on the day. Mm-hmm. And look, more navial are all training three, four nights a week. Like they have a strength and conditioning course, they have all this going on for them. And, and rightly so, and that's why they're mm-hmm. all in champions. Yeah. Us on the other hand, we still have to battle, try and get girls together. We work with the clubs as much as we possibly can. Donnie's, St Colm's, Castlehaven, just to name a few, are still in their, division, uh, in their championships. Mm-hmm. So trying to get girls together to train and to work as a unit, Still is the stumbling block for us, but we're getting there. We are getting there, there's no question about it. I think the experience of, we said, the likes of Emma Spillane has helped quite a bit. Yeah. And you have Cotter being back, yes, absolutely. Um, I suppose it'd be great if Cotter were still involved mm-hmm. up to the Ireland series, um, but they're not. So we've been able to get these girls slightly more often than, than we normally would. But I have to say, we're, we're looking forward to the, to the final, no question about that. I think the atmosphere after the Aero game. Said it to me mm-hmm. that they really are up for it and um, we're going to have some training sessions together between here and the final obviously and um, I think the last year we went up not knowing what to expect from us Yeah. and um, this year we're a bit more experienced mm-hmm. um particularly the younger mm-hmm. girls and I know you mentioned like the two Kylies and Laura who are still 19 years of age. Mm. Clare O'Shea even. O'Shea even. 20, yeah. 20 yeah. years of age so Mornabby yeah still have been in the last five finals. They're five time or uh, sorry, five time county champions. Yeah. That has to come for something. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's in black and white. West Cork have won nothing mm-hmm. yet. And emphasise yet. Mm-hmm. We're not going up there for a good day out. We're going up there to win.
3: Um looking at you mentioned the RO game there. That was a semi-final last week. West Cork won three thirteen to one seven in Cladove your Terry will take the headlines because she got 2-7, but it seems it, it, it was a pretty good performance. Um is your top scorer this year, Brian. Is, are, are you too dependent on her for scores? Because I was looking back over another game um, when you beat St. Fans and you got two ten that game. So she's obviously top class. You know, she's a Cork forward for a reason. But she seems to be getting the bulk of the scores this year when she's playing. Is there any concern that too much goes through her?
1: I would say, yeah, and the simple answer to that is yes. You don't want one forward, obviously, scoring all the, the, the scores for your team. Yeah. I would say, however, in fairness to Anya, mm-hmm. I think we've seen a change in Anya this year. We've asked her to do um, other things, and she has. Mm-hmm. We Like Anya, Martina, um, you have Neil Cotter, you have Melissa Dogan would be the leaders within the group, really, as such. Yeah. Um, Anya, obviously, is a forward. She's one of the leaders of the forward, along with Libby Coppinger. Um but I would say that the others are the likes of Fiona Keating there is starting to come in with scores, Dara, Eamer Kiley, um Libby Coppager now the last day against the Aero, I thought had a great game and and sometimes girls need a challenge mm-hmm. and we, I challenged Libby to get X amount of scores the last day and she got fifty percent of that, which yeah. we're happy enough with. No she needs to drive on mm-hmm. and get even more scores and, and just be confident and look when you look again at what we have forward line, and you look at the opposition forward line the next day, like you mentioned, Kira, Diernan, Lara Fitz, Ellie Jack, Noel Healy, Breed Sullivan, just to name a few. Now yeah. that's a six against our six forwards. Like If it's an open game of football, it's going to be a huge spectacle for supporters the next day. I think Mourne Abbey and ourselves will look at it, and we'll have to come up with we, we want this opposition to stop scoring they want us to stop scoring as well so it'll be an interesting game from that side of things
3: I know a lot of people make the point oh West Cork of 9 or 10 Cork seniors but like you mentioned there that Mornevi attack Noelle Healy is a three, 3 or 4 time All-Star she was a 2017 Footballer of the Year she's been a part of the Dublin team that's won the 3 in a row obviously for the last 3 years she only came on as a sub in the, the, the semi-final against St Vels and Mornevi still put up 4-14 I think Devon got 2-6 that day could have got 2-3 like they have talent to burn and like they 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 can score for fun there. So like there's an onus on the West Cork attack to try and hold this more Abbey attack because like you said earlier, they're all Ireland champions for a reason. And they'd be favourites too on Saturday for a reason.
1: Without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. Um as much as Shane would probably go against that, that opinion, mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day if we put it down in black and white. Uh, five-time county champions all Ireland champions against a team who at the end of the day have reached one county final Mm -hmm. and that's what it comes down to and you can look at the talent on both sides and there is I acknowledge there's great talent on both sides Um, I think with Noel coming on board it makes him even stronger but I think you have to ask girls and this squad of players in West Cork you would have to ask them why did they get involved at the start of the year Mm -hmm. because they want to come up against the best they want to challenge themselves against the best and with a bit of luck They want to be the best. And at the end of the day here, Mourne and Abbey are the best. But there's nothing better than put yourself up against the best and come out victorious on the other side. We totally respect Mourne and Abbey for what they've done for ladies football and fully endorse what they've done. Mm -hmm. However, as I say, we're there to go up on, on Saturday and we're there to go and try and win it against the best team that are out there at the moment. And we're under no illusions, but we're quietly confident. As as a manager, can you use that
3: hurt and pain and tears you could say after losing the final replay last year? Can you use that this year as a motivation to the girls to say, "Look how you felt in those moments after when won. he you saw when every celebrate the five in a row. You don't let it happen again." Can you use? Can you take much of last year's final with tr- final defeat as?
1: Th- yeah, I think I, I put it this way. I suppose um, when you lose any final for your club or your division, or your county. Mm-hmm. There's always hurt at it. I look at our Cork girls and they're hurting after the Cork defeat to Dublin. Yeah. And they really are. So there's a driving force behind that. I think in this age, you can use the extra motivation, but if you're not motivated for a county final and if you need that extra motivation, then there's something amiss. I don't think we need it. I think mm-hmm. they know what the prize is at the end of the day. And I think the girls are hungry enough to go after it and really, really challenge and put up a really good performance on the day. Um, it'll be interesting. I think it'll be a great game. We're certainly looking for all of West Cork to come out and support us because I think, the, I'll go back to the first day in CIT, the last day. I thought that West Cork support was phenomenal and drove us on. We were really under pressure and we're looking for that again this year for the West Cork supporters to come out. I suppose extra motivation. I suppose we've had a lot of obstacles put us in front of us this year, yeah. even from the start. Mm-hmm. And I think that's created a bit of um, a siege mentality within the group that West Cork are here to stay long term, to help girls perform at senior level. And obviously, look, if you were, the cock, if you were a Cork manager, whether a previous Cork manager or new Cork manager, you were probably looking at different teams. And West Cork comes into that to say, well, these are girls who can compete at senior level. So there's benefits to everybody.
3: Looking at the journey to the final, so Brian started off with a big win against St. Val's, four seventeen to two points. Then there was the win against Mourne Abbey in the group stage, three five to zero six, in a a dirty wet night in Clannacilty But both teams were missing their county players at night. Then the group stage win against Erra Ogh, one fourteen to one ten, before you beat Erra Oak again in the semi-final. What was the most pleasing performance of those four for you, and why?
1: Um, they're all good in their own respects. they're was the first one against St. Val's. We. We came together and, look, I think, in fairness, I think that's a very misleading scoreline. Right? I think St. Val's didn't perform on the night. Yeah. I think it's one of those ones, a freak result, where not only St. Val's will really challenge us, So I just think we got it top early, and, look, it was one of those where we just drove on. Um, in terms of the, the one in Clannacilty, which was one, probably one of the most horrible nights I've ever come across with football, and the night of the two pitches and the floodlights, yeah. I think both teams will learn an awful lot from it. I think fairness, there was no cock girls on either side. Um, the girls that went over West Cork that night we asked them to do a simple job and they performed and worked very hard. Um, I think more and we probably will be hurting after that. However, we learnt an awful lot about our squad that night. Mm-hmm. And we're looking for, and, and it brought on our squad. And sort of it's it's um, combined the squad closer together. So that was a good result for us. We knew we going the day after Cork lost to Dublin in the Ireland series that it would be very hard to lift our cock girls and and it was. But in fairness to them, they turned up on the day and they put in what I call a reasonably good performance as best they could considering what happened the day before. And Aero really challenged us. The last day against Airog, I just thought, um, the minute I entered the dressing room, you knew there was a sense that these girls are really, really up for it. That they were not going to let this slip. They were going out. We want to go on the front foot straight away, which we did. No one saying that to the Errol; they put up a really good challenge to us on the night. But I just thought overall we were slightly the better team on the night.
3: You've actually printed one of my final questions, Brian. I was going to say for for football fans in West Cork, um, not just ladies football fans, get to CIT this this Saturday night at five o'clock for this county final because you've some of the, the best footballers. You, you have the best footballers in. In, in the county playing like from Martine O'Brien to Keir O'Sullivan from Dirren to Melissa Duggan like Niamh Cotter like it's so much talent talent would be on on display at CIT on Saturday evening but for West Cork you want to meet as many people there as possible to kind of it's it's another chance for this West Cork team to create a bit of history and win this title for the first time. So hopefully, hopefully we get a huge crowd. I know the ladies' football clubs from from and to the Valleys to Donny's, Castlehaven. They'll all go and support. But wouldn't it be great to get more and more supporters there to kind of, even if it's that sixteen person, to kind of just get West Cork over the line?
1: You you hit the nail on the head, I think. Here, in fairness, I think uh, it's been interesting since last year's final the amount of people who would be as was. Um, not associated with ladies football, Mm -hmm. but more um, male football, have come up and said, well done, and encouraged us to drive on this year. And I think, even talking to people on the ground, they're looking forward to going to see the ladies football final, Mm -hmm. because West Cocker is. So, yes, we're asking everybody, anybody to come along and cheer us on on the day, because there's no question about it, we are going to be under pressure. We know that. And when we're under pressure, we need the crowd to come behind us and work with us like they did in the final last year and to drive us on. Um, the girls have put in huge commitment, as big as people say that West Cork is, and as strong as the geographical situation West Cork means that we're on a back step straight away. But in fairness, these girls, they've come together as often as we can and they are put in a lot of work this year and a lot of commitment. And it's been enjoyable, I have to say. It's one of the years where you said to yourself, yeah, there's, um, there's a good team spirit there, but we need every bit of that and the support. Um, Saturday, we can see IT at 5 o'clock.
3: Hopefully, all that work will be rewarded on Saturday
1: night. Best of luck, Brian. Thanks, here.
0: Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to all things sport in West Cork. Don't forget to pick up this Thursday's Southern Star newspaper, including our award-winning sports section with everything a West Cork sports fan could want in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world via www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper. The Southern Star and the Star Sport Podcast. Number one for sport in West Cork. Welcome back to the Star
2: Sport Podcast. And before we wrap up today's show, we're going to take a quick look at what's coming up in this week's Southern Star. Kieran, uh, I expect it's going to be a busy one.
3: Yeah, it's pretty busy, as you'd expect for this time of the year. Jack, um, a lot of GA as well. Clannock Kilty last to do hello in the county senior football semi-final, So that's Scopford or Clannock Kilty Towns kind of dream West Cork semi-finals so all our plans gone out the window all our plans yeah all our planning as well so, yeah. um, so what we have now Noosestown away to hello in two weeks time obviously we build up to the West Cork and more in every game turn into the Premier Intermediate Football Championship we've reports and reaction from Bentry Blues big win against Bandon and Aero Oaks win against Bellinghery and Bantry and Eir will now face off in the Premier Intermediate semi-final in a couple of weeks' time. So plenty there for both sets of supporters to dig their teeth into. Um, also we we'll piece this week on Cuyveen Kelleher, the, the young Cork man who made his full debut for Liverpool in the Carabao Cup last weekend. Everyone knows he's from Cork and he played at Ringmahan Rangers and he's from Blackrock. But he's actually really, really strong links to Dunmanway Town. So we just... Um, we just kind of I suppose developed those links you know his his father ray kind of trained and played with donies and his grand grandfather was from with. so it's another west cork link like i put up on twitter during the week check i think um, there's there's a west cork link to nearly everything good in the world you know and again again this is it you know it's a nice it's a nice local link to a very talented young fella who Go a very long way.
2: This one isn't even reaching though. It's a it's a solid, genuine link.
3: Yeah, it's a super link, you know. Kind of, it's obviously that that dawn he done men with blood. You know that that breeding. That's kind of yeah. That's helping Liverpool keep clean sheets in the Carabao Cup, so the men with right home can take some. And uh, Klopp couldn't have been more effusive in his praise of him after yeah. the game. Mm-hmm. Everyone seems to be kind of really kind of. Given this fellow, like the big thumbs up, like he's been called a big out to, time, isn't he? Yeah, it's,
2: yeah of, it's unusual for a young goalkeeper to be getting the kind of a. Uh, Klopp called him an outstanding
3: talent before. He was reading some piece about him and stuff, and then
2: he's obviously darted under twenty one. Then in his post game comments, he was saying how uh, this guy, you know, he was like, yeah, this guy, you know, he's basically like. <laughs> well, it
3: is Klopp. you yeah, know. I know. Of, yeah.
2: But he he does like he, he hasn't come out speaking about a- a- Adrian, mm-hmm. his yeah. uh, second choice, in that. and so he just says about Adrian. Yes, he's a solid goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. But uh, for Quevine he's given him the full It's brilliant Great to see. Clock treatment.
3: Greatest scene. You know what? It's a, he's another young Irish footballer who's kind of starting to make waves and there's a another pessimism at the moment but there's, there's a couple of like the Tri and Connolly and a couple of more of these young fellas coming through, so kind of encouraging. Well it is encouraging.
2: Well, a double whammy of encouragement because um our dear leader <laughs> oh, <Jesus. laughs> has stepped away. Uh-huh. And uh now we've got a bunch of young, exciting talent coming through, so mm-hmm. long may it continue. Yeah,
3: um, talking of exciting soccer talent, we have an interview with Dinzel Fernandez of Drummer League, who helped Shelburne win promotion to the Premier Division, so we caught up with Dinzel. Um, he's actually back home in in um, in Drummer League for the next couple of weeks, and he's back working in the bakery in Super Value in Dunmanway, which is, um so from winning the... We, we, we the league title with um, the first division league title with Shells He's now back working in the bakery. Some
2: scenes in Talca Park when uh, they when were promoted. Surely we can get him on at some stage. 100 uh,
3: percent. We will have. To, we have to get Denzil in here. Kind of. Um, he's only back for a couple of weeks. He's moving back up to Dublin back in January for this kind of this was the start of preseason. And he's getting a job up there as well. So he's just. You'll probably enjoy these couple of weeks at home before. Moving, Congratulations, team! Yeah, moving back to the capital. So, um, yeah, so plenty in this week's star. So, again, thanks for listening to this week's Star Sport podcast. We'll be back at the same time next week. So, if you enjoy these shows, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, ACast, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to the show.
0: Thanks for listening to the Star Sport podcast, number one for sport in West Cork.